The following contains depictions of violence and sexual assault. Viewer discretion is advised. This is Loudspeaker. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in and being here to support um, women and uh, femme presenting folks and for supporting Sava. Um, so this is Raise the Vibration 2021. Yes, our first year in V-Day Greeley doing Raise the Vibration. We're excited for this. So tell me about it. So uh, this year, it's a little different. Aside from being streamed instead of live, uh, it's live, but in person, <laughs> it's live. We're here um, right now. And uh, it's it, instead of being in person, uh, we're streaming here on Twitch. The other difference is that we are no longer doing the vagina monologues, which we did for uh, over 15 years in, with V-Day Greeley. And now we are doing Raise the Vibration, which is a local, um, we, it, we empowered local artists and people with local connections to um, provide their own monologues or poems or whatever they felt empowered to do. And uh, it just brings some more inclusion and allows us to bring in uh, different voices that haven't been heard before. So we're really excited about it. 100%. Yes. And um, I am so excited for this event um, where we are able to uplift and amplify marginalized voices here at the Loudspeaker Studio. Uh, that is what they are all about. So definitely check them out. Well, you're checking them out right now on Twitch if you're watching, <laughs> which if you're watching, you're on Twitch. Yes. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sava, I always mix up the words for what that stands for. So what does Sava stand for? It stands for Sexual Assault Victim Advocate and then Center. So it's Sava Center. Yes. Yes. Um, Sava does a lot of wonderful, um, necessary work in um, supporting and providing resources to sexual assault victims. Uh, with that said, uh, we do want to provide a content warning. Um, obviously, um, given the nature of the show, uh, we are, you know, there is discussion and depiction of, of violence um, and sexual assault and, and things of that nature. So um, if you uh, just, just be aware of that, um, and and use the chat please feel free and welcome to use the chat to to share out you know your your thoughts your emotions that are coming up um i will i'll be in the chat between uh performances and i am happy i'm happy to get to know some of you oh i have hair just sticking <laughs> up why didn't you tell me that it's, it's fine it's fine, fine. It'll, it'll just be there yeah it's all good <laughs> wayward hair <laughs> um so let's do some proper introductions uh, so like i said my name is simone um also simon i go um 
pretty much alternating back and forth between both. Um, I am queer. I am agender, which is under the non-binary umbrella. I use um, all pronouns, but today I'm feeling a little more they, them-ish. So those are my pronouns for tonight. Um, I am, I'm a drag king. I am a a single parent. I am a social emotional learning specialist for a local school district. Um, and so one of my, one of my biggest passions is, um, equitable practices, culturally responsive practices, um, and, and really, um, speaking up and out as a marginalized person myself and uplifting marginalized voices. Take it away, Jess. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for uh, doing this, Simone, and being here. I'm so uh, thankful for you and all the work that you do and your opinions and thoughts. Um, it's very helpful when doing this kind of event. So thank you. I am very opinionated. <laughs> They're welcome. <laughs> All those opinions. Um, I am Jackie Eubank. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. I am a pandemic-induced stay-at-home mom, um, meaning that I uh, recently decided to stay home to facilitate um, virtual learning. I used to be an international logistics specialist and I, in my free time as a stay at home mom, um, (laughs) I've um, been trying to get more into organizing community organizing. So I organized the women's March in Greeley this last October, and I was happy to take over as lead organizer for V day this year. And, um, yeah, it's been very fulfilling. I also do some work with our local school district as well. Um, just volunteer stuff for our, um, community. So, and I have been with V-Day Greeley for, I think this is 14 years, I think, or 13. I don't know. I can't. I, I don't know. I think it's 13. Um, it's 13. Just say like, a number. <laughs> yes, for 13. 74 it, years. 74 Jackie years. Jackie has been doing this. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yes. Um, and one thing you forgot to mention, Jackie, you are a total badass. <laughs> I don't know how you forgot that one. Well. You are. Um, I have worked with Jackie uh, on a number of different projects uh, supporting the community. Um and Jackie, I consider you to be a, a genuine ally to the LGBTQIA plus community. I so appreciate um, that you are always um, standing up for us when those opportunities arise. You are creating those opportunities. Um, and you know the importance of also amplifying voices within that community. And that is so, so crucial to strong, authentic allyship. So I just want to say I appreciate you so much much and all of all of the things that you do. Well, thank you, Simone. I appreciate that very yep. much. I will own being a badass. Yes. Um, thank and, you. And that's all this show is. It's just Jackie and I complimenting each yes. other. <laughs> Glad is, you're tuning in. Which is very different from when I host drag shows where the host, the other host and I just spend the whole time um, belittling and degrading each other. So that's, this is new for me. This is new territory. <laughs> well, you do a good job. This well, is thank good. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You could have a career in uh, complimenting as well. I try. I try. <laughs> yes. Um, so we're going to, uh, well, should we Should we do this thing? Yeah, I guess we should. Heck yeah. That's what people are uh, here for. Oh, you know what? 
no, we forgot to mention another thing. Um, so this show is benefiting Sava. So 100% of the proceeds uh, raised from this show are going directly to Sava. Sava Greeley? Uh, it's or just both. like the it's, national? Um, well, it's it's a Greeley and Fort Collins organization. Right. So okay. yes, just the, so it goes to both of those locations. Awesome. Yep. yep. So Greeley and Fort Collins. Uh, and, and what's that, what's that link? What is that link? I think we, what it, it just flashed. Oh, it, it just flashed. Yes. There it yep. is. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Chris is doing all of the behind the scenes stuff, but he looks great too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. He is one of the co-founders of Loudspeaker FM. So I am going to be, wait, Loudspeaker FM or Loudspeaker Media? What do you call yourselves? Just loudspeaker. Jo- oh, just loudspeaker. Loudspeaker, nothing at the end, period. Um, <laughs> so many, many shout outs to loudspeaker. Yes. All right. So I got to look at my script here because I did not memorize the script that I got last night. <laughs> 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 How dare you? I'm slacking. <laughs> um, we are in the midst of a rising tide of right-wing nationalism, white supremacy, fascism, tyranny, hatred and fear of immigrants, misogyny, femicide, homophobia, transphobia, corporate greed, and climate destruction. We cannot beat fascists, rapists, climate deniers, and plunderers on their terms. We will never be that cruel, discompassionate, greedy, or murderous. We cannot let ourselves be changed by or sunk in their cynicism, hatred, divisions, and destruction. What we can do is remember we are the many. We can raise the vibration through action, art, connection, imagination, and love. This is why we do theater, music, art, poetry, dance. This is why we stand in the face of injustice and are just. That is why we call out the systems that create infathomable inequality and we give more. That is why we open the borders of our heart when the state builds walls, detention centers, and refugee camps. That is why we reach out to include everyone in our circle of rising as the state creates further and further divisions between us. That is why we devote ourselves to developing trust and solidarity, because this bond, once secure, bringing in a new future. That is why we see, cherish, nurture, respect, and protect our Mother Earth as we are not separate from her. Her life is our life. I mixed them up. It's okay. Read that one now. (laughs) Together, we rise to free all women, cisgender and transgender, those who hold fluid identities, non-binary people, girls, and the planet from sexual, physical, racial, economic, political, sociocultural, ideological, and climate crisis violence. We rise to end rape, battery, incest, sexual harassment, female genital mutilation, sexual slavery and trafficking, child marriage, femicide, sexual, gender, and reproductive oppression, 
violence toward LGBTQIA communities. We rise to end capitalism, colonialization, racism, imperialism, climate catastrophe, and war. Raise the vibration. We are asking you to imagine how you will raise the vibration. Will you drum? Will you dance? Will you make posters? Will you make art? Will you write poetry? Will you wait? Wail? I apologize, but I messed up that last line. (laughs) Will you wail? Will you wail? This is... um, this is a very serious conversation and I am, I've never kind of um, taken on this role as a host before. So I am acknowledging my own discomfort that I did not anticipate. And so that is, if it seems like I'm making a joke of things, please, please know that I'm, I'm not, that that's just how I am. Um, finding my comfort in in discussing this this subject that that affects me and affects so many of the wonderful humans that I know and love and care deeply about. Um, So we already talked about Sava a little bit, um, but I just want to share their mission. Uh, Their mission is to provide crisis intervention, advocacy, and counseling for all those affected by sexual violence and provide prevention programs through community outreach and education. You can find more information at savacenter.org. Um, and we are asking that uh, if you are in a place where you are able to do so, um, to please make a $10 donation to SAVA. Um, so that money goes directly towards them. We are not collecting money and then sending it on their way. So this will, um, you know, that way you know for sure this the money raised here is going 100% to Sava. Yes. Um, and we are asking if um, people would be willing to put V-Day in the comments section just so we can uh, keep track and report to V-Day the money that was raised. But yes, um, all the money will go directly to Sava. So... Yes, thank you. All right. Well, I guess we will we'll get started with our first performance. Um, so this is a piece entitled To the Men Who Have Made Me Quiet. This is by Melissa O'Malley, who uses she, her pronouns. Melissa is a witchy therapist who fell in love with the work of V-Day Greeley as a teen and has worked as an advocate for sexual assault victims in many capacities over the years. Follow her at at sign the self-care witch and search for expansive astrology on YouTube. All right, and I am looking forward to seeing Melissa's performance. To the men who've made me quiet, the pastors who were sure to instill that I am not now, nor will I ever be the head of the household, that my single mother of two who worked and cried and sweat for a doctoral degree was not the head of our household, was going to perish for all of eternity, would always be married to my father in the eyes of the Lord. But my purpose is to wife up and quietly make a man happy, to perform wifely duties. 
to mother other men who will be heads of households over women who came from women like me who've been told their place, who've been told that smaller, quieter, more agreeable is better. The pastors who told me that I'll always come third. God husband me. That my aspirations should include motherhood and Sunday school volunteering and hosting and smiling pleasantries to other hierarchical families like mine. My father, who, at the guidance of the pastor, told me my opinions were wrong and would lead me down a path of sin and hellfire who argued with me at 11 years old about bloodied fetuses and what love is supposed to look like. It's not Adam and Steve, you know. My father, who yelled at his own mother as she begged him not to drive us home after the eighth beer, who quieted me with games and toys and bouncy houses, who brought me on those long-ass bike rides all the way to the church to fold the service programs for his DUI community service. I didn't know. The boys in school who would snicker when I spoke my mind, who made me think nobody cares to myself anytime I considered sharing a story or a thought or an opinion. The boys who said my laugh sounds like a horse and my teeth. Who snickered when I raised my hand in class, who laughed and passed notes during that entire sociology presentation. And I knew you were making fun of my nervousness and the teacher called you out and that only made it worse when I got to my locker. Do you remember this? I remember this. I'd loved giving presentations before then. Not now. The boys. The boys who were only friends with the girls who agreed with anything they said, who were only boyfriends with the girls with the smallest waists and voices. My first boyfriend, who told me I better keep my fucking mouth shut about that day you came over when I was home alone, and I told you I didn't like it, I told you I was scared, I told you I wasn't ready, but you kept going and kept going anyway. You told the wall what a good girl I was as I choked back tears. And I smiled as you left and agreed with you when you said you felt closer to me now. Yet you reminded me to keep my fucking mouth shut about that day, about what you took from me. And I did keep my fucking mouth shut. I always kept my fucking mouth shut about that day and I melted and not in the good way. And I learned that giving my body to boys equaled love. Do you remember? I remember. And the many boys after that, the ones who took advantage of my belief that I had to be naked to feel loved, the one who drugged me at a house party and left me to wake up naked in a basement I'd never seen before with a dead phone and deep purple bruises on my thighs and clothes strewn throughout the room and that I had to scavenge for, naked and alone and shaking. The one who said, why do you think I bought you those beers when I tried to say goodnight? The one who said, but that dress is so hot. (laughs) The one who made me walk home in the cold once he had used me up. 
the one who told me he was moving out in a DM. <laughs> the one who used me to forget that he felt like a failure after his divorce. The one who told me I'm a bad storyteller. The teacher who told me I'm oversensitive just for feeling, for reacting, forever making me worry that I'm too much. The boyfriend who told me I just need to shut the fuck up sometimes. The supervisor who asked what color thong I'm wearing and then called me a snitch slut when I reported it. The one who said, I complain about my mother too much. The one who, after I said I didn't want to have sex, immediately following a medical procedure involving my cervix, asked me to at least suck it off. Do you remember? I remember. The Hollywood producers who cast the thinnest girls to play the sex objects in the movies about great men doing great things. The reporters who ask the female musicians about their families and the men about their inspirations. The police officers, defense attorneys, judges, fathers who ask why she didn't report it sooner if it were true. The businessmen who might think I'm emotionally unstable because I bleed each month. To the men who've made me quiet. I have edited and adjusted and performed and denied myself and shrank myself and shut the fuck up for far too long. I am bursting at the seams, begging to be seen. You can't keep me quiet. I am taking up space. I've grown tired of working so hard to shrink when I was made to grow. <sighs> wow. That was that was a, a powerful start to this show. And mm-hmm. I um <laughs> listening to Melissa, I I have so many similar experiences that I I could go on and on as I'm sure many, many women can and many um people who have femme experiences can. Yes, absolutely. Same. <sighs> Next, we have The Seamstress um, by Shantha Bunyan, who uses she, her pronouns. Uh, This is Shantha's 10 year being part of V-Day Greeley. She performed in nine shows between 2003 and 2014, and was also honored to assist, co-direct, or direct the show for five of those years. She's been living mostly abroad since 2014, and uh, we've missed her. (laughs) But yay! Uh, She's glad to be back here and elevated women's voices, um, to help elevate women's voices and raise awareness about ending sexual violence. She is a writer and a scuba dive master, um, although she's currently landlocked, uh, and so she can only dream of the day she can be back flying in the deep blue. Uh, The Seamstress is a poem she wrote one day after she saw a painting of a beautiful woman who appeared to be sewing herself back up with a needle and thread. It reminded Shantha that the face we show outside isn't always what's really going on at night, at home, or inside. The Seamstress. Radiant beauty shining in the light 
considered lovely by all who catch sight of her graceful form. She puts herself together piece by piece, gathering together each fold and crease. No one must know she was not whole, not a work of art, that at day's end she was falling apart. She had to sew each rip and tear, each gap and crack. She has to put each opening back together again. See, life's rough and tumble. It can rip and tear. And at the end of each day, we show the wear. It doesn't matter how beautiful or put together it seems we are. We all bear our own type of deep, painful scar. And each one of us must find the tools that are necessary to fix these wounds, to learn to bury our daily distress so we can move on and start each day feeling fresh and new, come what may, to scatter our fears, worries, and woes so we can heal that in spite of our scars, we can finally feel whole. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shanta, for that that piece. Um, short, though very powerful. Um, I am I am so excited about all of these these pieces. Um, and I, I guess we'll just well, do you wanna have like conversations in between performances? Are there relevant things to talk about? I mean, I've, I've always got things to <laughs> things talk to about. Um, so I was actually, I was in the vagina monologues for two, two years. Yeah. Yes. Two years. Um, and I, I have to say that I am, um, I'm happy to see that the vagina monologues have been retired and this is now what we're doing instead, though. I, I appreciate the work that was put into the vagina monologues and the emotional labor. I, um, I did leave, I did uh, step away from the show after being involved for those two years. Um, because I had this nagging feeling that it was, it was not as inclusive as perhaps it seemed to be back when the show, um, first began when, when Eve Ensler was first creating this show and collecting these pieces. Um, I, I didn't feel that it, um, really did justice to, um, non-binary folks or necessarily the LGBTQIA plus community. So I, again, although there are many aspects that I deeply appreciate about the show and find empowering, I am, I am happy for, for, um, what we're doing here today. And, and I am hopeful for, for the future where, um, we are finding ourselves much more self-aware and mindful and cognizant of making sure that all marginalized communities um, are are included and celebrated and and empowered and and have the the impact that they they want to have on on our community. I appreciate you being candid about that, Simone, and and I appreciate the conversations that you and I have had about that, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that you've been willing to share and and stand up. And um, I, yeah, I'm very glad that we're able to move this way, and also just able to open up um, to hear stories within the community that are um, that touch us here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. All right, our next piece is entitled "For the Girls of Guatemala." Um, this is a piece by Cami the mermaid who uses she they pronouns 
This is Cami's second year with V-Day and her second project combining art and activism. Her first was a series of 30 paintings titled The Pride Flag Collection, which served to benefit local LGBTQIA youth. You can find Cami's art by searching at Cami the Mermaid Art on Facebook and Instagram or at Cami, and that's C A M Y Yantis, Y A N T I S, on Redbubble. The following piece has only music. This is a transcript of the accompanying captions. Hogar Sacro Virgin de la Ascension was a home for at-risk youth in Guatemala City. The home housed over 750 children from infancy to 17 years old. Children were placed in this home by the government for their own protection. But instead these children were met with years of physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. Hogar Sacro Virgin de la Ascension is also the location of one of the deadliest tragedies that Guatemala City has ever seen. It started on Valentine's Day 2017. The boys and girls were allowed to mingle for a Valentine's Day mixer. It was during the event that the children met and formed a plan to escape. March 7, 2017, at 12 p.m., the children begin to riot. They climb to the roof, make noise, and chant, rape us here, in front of everybody. Come on and rape us again here, if that's what you want. Over 100 children escape from the home. They scale the walls, jump into a ravine, cross through a creek, and scatter. Many of the children injure themselves in the process, but push through for the fight to freedom. By 2.30 p.m., all children have been found, captured, and returned to the home. The children are made to wait outside on the lawn in the cold weather for several hours, while decisions are made. At midnight, the children are finally allowed inside. The boys are sent to an auditorium, and later, their bedrooms. The 56 girls are given 23 polystyrene mattresses, and locked in a classroom measuring less than 500 square feet. At 6 a.m., the girls are begging to be let out. They have no restroom or access to water. Their requests are ignored. Still cold and wet, some girls are starting to lose consciousness, or worse. At 9 a.m., in an act of desperation, a girl lights a match and sets flame to her mattress. Fire tears through the polystyrene mattresses, and the room quickly fills with smoke. The girls scream and beg to be released from the room. The female officer in charge sits outside of the room, forbidding anyone from opening the door. Quote, they already escape once today. Let them escape again if they're so tough. The door is kept locked for nine minutes. 41 of the girls perish in the fire. These are their names. Ackley Gabriela Mendez Ramirez. 15. Euspela Ubiza Mary McQuinn Gomez. 14. Ana Nomi Morales Galindo. 16. Ana Roselia Perez June. 14. Ana Rubidia Chocoj Chuda. 14. Condelara Melendres Hernandez. 17. Celia Maria Samari Lopez Aranda. 15. Daly Anali Domingo Martinez. 15. Daria Delilah Lopez Meda. 16. Mara Haiti Chuda Urias. 16. Yemi Aracheli Ramirez Sequin. 15. Wendy Anahi Vividor Ramirez. 16. Johanna Desire Kayurazar. 15. Luisa Fernanda Yojo Gonzalez. 16. Milani Aloisa Rack Hernandez. 17. Mercy Rosemary Lopez Togil. 16. Scarlett Gaijera Perez Jimenez. 15. Yoslin Beatriz Ventura Perez. 15. Rosalinda Victoria Ramirez Perez. 15. 
Sarah Nomi Lima Askin. 17. Estefany Susli Velas Pablo. 16. Hashley Angeli Rodriguez Hernandez. 14. Grisna Yamalet Kuyuluan. 15. Jocelyn Maricela Garcia Flores. 16. Iris Yodenis Leon Perez. 14. Kimberly Michel Palencia Ortiz. 17. Lillian Andrea Gomez Archeno. 13. Madeline Patricia Hernandez Hernandez. 14. Milani Yanira D. Leon Palencia. 15. Mari Carmen Ramirez Melgar. 14. Nancy Paul Lavella Garcia. 15. Rosa Julia Espino Tober. 16. Sarvia Isil Barrientos Reyes. 14. Siona Hernandez Garcia. 17. Yoslin Yamalet Barahona Beltran. 15. Grindy Yasmin Carias Lopez. 16. Jilma Susli Carias Lopez. 15. Kila Rebecca Lopez Salguero. 17. Indira Yarisa Pelico Orellana. 17. Yaquilin Paula Catanac Perez. 15. Sylvia Malexi Rivera Sanchez. 17. Since the 2017 fire at Hogar Seguro Virgin de la Asuncion Safe Home, there has been no prison time given to any parties responsible. Despite reporting from the New York Times, The Guardian, Washington Post, and several other news organizations. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you, Cami, for that, that moving piece. Um, I don't, it's, I it's, wanted hard to, to, it's hard to segue from these pieces. Yeah, I, I do want to say um, one thing I, that I appreciated about this piece was, and I've shared this with Cammie, was that I, I, I appreciate that um, she shared a story that wasn't her own, but that impacted her. Um, and I think, you know, it's valuable to um, curate stories and, and find ways to get them out. And, and I appreciate that, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, being able to include that in the show as well. So thank you, Cami. And who who is our next? So next, next we person. have Stephanie Breeden, who um, uses she/her pronouns. And Stephanie says, "Sometimes something happens, and you cannot remain quiet. You feel compelled to say something, anything, and end up saying everything all at once." While Stephanie does not consider herself a performance artist, she hopes you can enjoy her piece and you will know um, and you will never be alone in your struggles. So this is she wasn't at school today. She wasn't at school today. When I heard the keywords I already knew, I knew what happened to you. You smile so quickly, but your eyes never quite meet mine. The times I watched you cry overwhelmed and needing space. Don't touch me, I'm fine. You're like me, but I can never tell you. I can never tell you that I know. I know that cold feel of the hospital, the coldness of the questions, the coldness of wanting to lie. I was 14 when that something was stolen from me, hard hands on soft skin torn, but I promise the pain felt will fade. The shame will fade. The sting of the judgment will fade. Drugs to make the infections fade. Fade. Little girl, I wish I could tell you. They never tell you your heart will be broken and you will be left mourning the loss of your innocence. You will feel alone. She wasn't at school today. 
I ran away so many times trying to avoid my mother's eyes, trying to avoid the burn of her hands on my skin, trying to avoid my obligation. You see, brown moms have a different set of rules to follow. We carry their beautiful faces, but also their trauma. Now my mother should have recognized the pain and the rage that was building like a hurricane from within, but she did the only thing she knew to do, which was done to her. And she tried to beat the madness out of me. And little girl, I wish I could tell you how mad I feel when asked what kind of Asian I am in fulfillment of some man's bucket list fantasy, as if my skin should carry the burden of their desire and shame on demand, as if the years of sex work that led up to my birth from women who had nothing else to sell was not enough. Three times I watched my mother try to take her own life. Pain from men who did not even try to learn how to say her name. They never tell you your trauma will make you obsessed with your trauma. The things I did for cigarettes and a couple bucks, the things I did for a warm place to rest, the things I did to feel something, anything, just call me pretty again and again. I let them bury their secrets in my skin, the question of my sexual history, almost like a game. Who is there to protect consent when it's dark? And you're too young, and you're alone, and you're sick. The cuts on my arms in an attempt to release the pressure building the tattoos to cover the scars later. The stories I tell myself hate explaining. You might grow to hate your body, want to be thin, thinning, purging it out of me, drowning. But I'm in control, it's my body. I'm in control, it's mine, it's mine. Don't touch me. I'm fine. She wasn't at school today. Little girl, when I was 17, I thought I was in love. I thought this was my chance finally, that I was reborn. I gave my youth to this man. I gave two strong sons with his face to this man. Gave my art and color to this man. Would have given up my life for this man. But little girl, they never tell you that sometimes your love and devotion will not be enough. Oh no, that what happened to you will make you pick wrong. Like a curse, you repeat the patterns, like spinning on some sick carnival ride, you spiral. And as unfair as it sounds, what happened to you staked its claim on your brain. And his eyes may wander, but your love won't ever change. And he will take, and he will take, and he will take you away. She wasn't at school today. I look in the mirror and I struggle with what I see. Sometimes I see my mother's face, her pain like my pain skin deep, repeating her timeline, her sad beauty I keep. Sometimes I see the pathetic ex-wife, the story he created for me, blaming me, dreaded and embarrassed, the police station exchanges make me feel naked. Two assault charges forever part of my history should not shame me but it still does. Sometimes I see what my sons must see. Their face is not like mine, so very sweet and innocent, accepting me. I am quick to smile and quick to laugh and quick to love them. Like you, I will never tell them what I have come to know. Little girl, today, I see your face in the mirror, 
You're like me, but I can never tell you. You smile so quickly, but your eyes never quite meet mine. Your mistakes do not have to define you. They can inspire you to be better. Years will pass. You may find a new lover. You may refuse to marry him, refuse to follow. You won't feel it necessary to apologize or explain. Determined to belong to no man ever again. Growing pains changing, meet me where I am, where I stand defiantly. You can't complete me because I'm already completely whole. I love you, but I love myself more. Finally. You may sleep with the light on. You will still cry at night. You might make every mistake, maybe even twice. You may feel compelled to scream, do it. Do what feels right. You set the world on fire and rebuild it to suit you. You still have those pieces of your broken heart. They can't have you. Love, love can be your weapon. You will survive, never back down, never look back, never regret, never hide, never let them question your worth. You are worthy. Make them respect you. Look them straight in the eyes. You love fiercely. Forgive quickly. Run, fucking fly. You fight, little girl. You fight. You fucking fight. Just keep fighting. Just fucking fight. You are alive. She wasn't at school today. You're like me, but I can never tell you. I can never tell you that I know. But I love you. Please know that you are not alone. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Um, I'm seeing a lot of comments in the chat. Um, you know, thank you for your vulnerability. Um, I think someone said they were they were sobbing. So so thank you for for sharing your your piece. Um, I I appreciate you. I appreciate all of the performers. I'm gonna move my. Dunkin' Donuts is the sponsor tonight. No, they're not. Oh, Just kidding. I've not ignore my bike. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't sue me, Dunkin' Donuts. Um, but but seriously, thank you, thank you. Um, I. I did not choose. I I contemplated creating a piece myself, and I I didn't. Um, and and for um, for a number of of reasons, but one of those being that I couldn't. I was having trouble settling on just one thing, one experience that I that I wanted to share about without it being, you know, an, an hour long one person show. Um, but I um, I have I have experienced sexual assault myself, um, and so I'm I'm really relating to to a lot of these pieces and a lot of the feelings. Um, I was, I was, um, I was sexually molested when I was 12, um, by, by a family friend. Um, I have, um, I've, <laughs> um, I got married when I was 17, 
um, that you just so you know, if you are under 18 and you want to get married, you have to have your parents sign a permission slip. So that that should have been a clue there that maybe that wasn't the best choice at the time. But I got married when I was 17, um, when I was still straight and cis. Um, <laughs> um, and that was a that was a seven year relationship, and it wasn't until really just a couple years. Um, I've been divorced now since 2014, and it really just over the last year or two, I have I've finally um, realized that that what I experienced during that relationship was rape. And that was, that was something, like I said, I, I only recently realized because I never said no, but I never said yes. I, I was never enthusiastic about it. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I gave many, many cues, um, with, with my body language and my reluctance, um, but I, I never actually said no. And so to me for a very long time, I couldn't, I couldn't count that as rape because I never said no. Um, and I have grown so much as a human being over the last several years and, and um, sought out education for myself and sought out listening to and reading the experiences of others, um, and and now I am um, a very very strong um, proponent for um, not just consent, of course, but enthusiastic consent. Um, so so just know because um, I know for me in my experience it was it was hard for me to recognize that and it's very hard for me to say that out loud because there's still a part of my brain that goes it wasn't that bad it wasn't you know was it was it really rape could you really call it that um and so just just know that those are valid feelings those are real feelings and um if there's not enthusiastic consent then it's it's not consensual and that that sounds like a very um like no duh statement like of course if it's not consensual then it's not consensual um but but i think that people need to need to hear that and need to know mm -hmm. that that yeah. that consent needs to be enthusiastic as well and if you um even you know, even if someone maybe doesn't explicitly out loud say no, as adults, we are able to read people's body language and the signals and the cues that they are giving us. And if you are not getting an enthusiastic, yes, I want this, I am, I am here for this, then it is not consensual. Thank you for sharing, Simone. And, and that's an important message. Um, I think it's... Uh, society wants us to not acknowledge um, the consent in the way we need to um, because um, it advantages the people with power in situations mm -hmm. and uh, um, we need to uh, 
learn and be able to recognize those mm-hmm. things for ourselves. So. Well, and and again, just just speaking from my own experience, the way that we internally invalidate our experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that happens so, so often for, for people who experience sexual assault, um, of, you know, the downplaying and the belittling and the minimizing and your, your pain and your, your experiences and your thoughts and feelings are all 100% valid and, and worthy of affirmation. Absolutely. Um, so our, our next performance, again, thank you, Stephanie. Um, our next performance is by April Don Ortiz. She uses she, her pronouns. Um, April is an artist who has been painting for 25 years, but recently started using it as a therapeutic process after a violent relationship. It is helping her find the strong woman inside. This is a survivor's fight. Survivor's fight. We have walked amongst people, much like the mythical characters only seen in dreams. Four children, family, and friends. We wore white fairy wings and carried pixie dust in our hands. With the wave of a wand, our troubles would fade. We were strong and beautiful and never afraid. Fictional characters, we were just that. We played make believe and pretend to be brothers astray. There were battles that were fought, most where we felt left defeated. Sometimes the fight still continues, even when it is unseen. Sitting amongst shadows, waiting for raging war. A war, a fight, that never arrives, but never really leaves. Memories that have become scars invading our minds. We fought to survive, now we fight to live with peace. Trying to stand while falling over from sleep with open eyes. Each story is different, yet we all still remain impacted the same. We are not alone as we return our crowns to our brow, claim freedom and victory, for not even our spirit is dead today. my experiences. There were three people I was. The one everyone believed to see. That I let everyone believe I was. Happy. Magical. The me who fought the nightmares. In the dark. Alone. Even though they weren't real, they felt. They felt very real. And me being humble. Because every person must be humble to be able to, to impact other women's lives. Every story is different, but we can still empower each other. Much love to you. Oh, okay. Thank you, April, for. Um, sharing your beautiful art and and your story and your heart with us. 
We appreciate it. Uh, next, we have a piece um, by Christy Gallegos, um, who uses she, they pronouns. Uh, the following piece explores the desire and possibility of accountability and healing for communities after harm has happened. While not only making space for rage, grief, and release, but centering them. This piece was written from the perspective of the artist, Christy Gallegos, a survivor of violence, an educator, and activist with roots in Vide Greeley, who is currently living on, co on Coast Salish and um, Skagit land. This piece is written through the lens of restorative and transformative justice ideologies and was inspired by the works of Black and Indigenous scholars of color, such as Angela Davis, um, Are Prisons Obsolete, Adrienne Marie Brown's Emergent Strategy, Patrice Cullors' Abolition and, represent, um, and Reparations, Histories of Resistance, Transformative Justice and Accountability, the work of Sonia Saw, Danielle Sered, and Mia Mingus, and, and so many more. The piece was written with the artist's intent to continue a journey of healing for themselves and their community. The artist feels that the piece will never truly be complete and is imperfect. The piece represents today's process, emotions, and journey. And through this work, Christy reminds us that healing is not linear and justice is not a binary. Some days, my body still insists on traveling backward to wake up mid-surgery to witness my own murder, my bones looked clean, as someone who said they loved me did not stop the procedure, did not honor or defend my autonomy in my drunken absence. The laughter of the men plays at 200% volume in every room. Their amusement, the laugh track that plays in the background as I wash myself, as I change my clothes, as I pull on my silly little boxer briefs, as I rub deodorant on my ridiculous armpits, socks become hilarious. By the time I dare to don leggings, I am sure my audience cannot breathe. Neither can I. I told you once that I thought I was too drunk to consent to those things that happened. And I wish you had just taken me home. I was as direct as I could be without my lungs caving in, without my belly button devouring me whole, without my throat snapping shut and my tongue being left out like a forgotten apricot to dry and to rot. I texted the words because saying them out loud seemed too sharp and I didn't want it to hurt. You said you didn't mean it. You didn't know I felt that way. You were sorry for hurting me. I believed you. I believe me too. What is accountability? What is accountability? What is accountability? Dear community, I didn't tell you because you wouldn't believe me, couldn't believe me, didn't believe me, couldn't hold me, couldn't make the space for multiple truths. I didn't desire for the person who harmed me to be discarded or for my story to be regarded as a half-truth. Carceral feminism is ruthless, a cruel lie. The lullaby we sing baby feminists as a way to center whiteness, pussy hats on high. This 
is how we cause harm. This is how we cause harm. This is how we cause harm. Justice is not a binary. Revolution is not a binary. Harm is not a binary. Accountability is not a binary. There are ways that violence tries to shape us into weapons. This is a poem about rage. Violence turned my body against itself. Inside, I became a war. There was a time when I stood before the ashes of my trauma, the house I grew up in, and only desired to see others burn down theirs. I had no desire to rebuild. I teach my students that anger always has a buddy. Anger is a secondary emotion. The wave, but not the whole ocean. We have all broken that which was not ours to destroy. We have all spoken at a volume so high we could not hear our own kindness, cannot hear the call of our mother's mother's mother, and cannot return home. Rage is sacred. Harm is not. Rage is sacred. Harm is not. Rage is sacred. Harm is not. It is our responsibility to pull back anger like a cloak and see what lives underneath. This is a poem about grief. Grief is often graceless, but not thankless. In grief, we can vibrate at a frequency that allows us to sit in community to mourn, to be reborn. I have to believe that it is possible for us all to radically transform, to shapeshift, to unlearn paths to violence, to stop catering to silence, to honor survivors, to be ignited by their rage, to sit in their grief. This is a poem about release. We must release ourselves from the ideals of white supremacy. We must see clearly that nobody is disposable. Nobody is disposable. Nobody is disposable. We must interrogate our silence. We must reject violence. I refuse to be a bomb. I refuse to be a gun. I refuse to be a loose cannon pointed at anyone who triggers my grief to splinter all that holds me. This is how we get free. Thank you, Christy, for um, providing us with uh, some th- thoughtful um, ideas about how to move forward. It's, it's really great to um, he- hear uh, the ways we can do things without um, just carrying anger um, and that being the only the only way we deal with it. Thank you. I am very focused on looking at the camera and not at the screen. Chris keeps yelling at me about it between numbers. And I said, but I'm too fucking cute and I want to look at myself. But now I'm trying very hard so I don't get in trouble. (laughs) Am I doing good, Chris? I got a thumbs up from Chris. (laughs) 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 Um. Watch, I'll go back do it to doing it as soon as I forget that I'm supposed to do that. Um, <laughs> our next piece, this is another piece from Shanta, who uses she, her pronouns. This memoir, A Mohawk and a Heart, was first published by Awakened Voices in the Nightingale. Or something like oh, no, that? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, it says or something like that. But never mind, it was. It was the Nightingale. <laughs> 
The Nightingale is a blog put out by Awakened Voices, which is a group in Chicago that helps victims of sexual assault and violence to heal through art and literature. A Mohawk and a Heart. I was on my way home from the charity hospital where I had been volunteering in Amman, Jordan. I'd just finished another long day in the operating room, dealing with extremely foreign hospital bureaucracy, working with staff who speak mainly Arabic, and helping doctors perform surgery on Syrian refugees. I was returning to the partially furnished apartment I'd rented within walking distance of the hospital. It was still a warm afternoon, and though the children were out of classes for the day, the sun hadn't begun its descent into the surrounding hills for the night. As I began to head up the main road, debating whether I'd stop for some delicious kanafa on the way home, I noticed a few young boys playing in the street. Unfortunately, they noticed me as well. They began following me up the street, and I began to get a little nervous. Although I don't speak Arabic and couldn't understand their words, I could tell that they didn't have good intentions. I'd had trouble in the streets of Amman before. Even though I didn't dress provocatively, choosing mostly long skirts or pants, I was obviously foreign. My mohawk gave me away instantly. That hairstyle wasn't exactly typical for females in the region. I'd already been harassed, honked at, felt up, and followed during my time in Jordan. Some kids had trailed me just the week before, chanting, man or woman. Given my skirt and large breasts, it was clear they were simply being mean rather than confused. Mostly, I took this type of behavior in stride. I've been living abroad for several years. People have trouble accepting things that don't fit into their societal norms. Often they react negatively, particularly in conservative countries. Though Jordan is thought of as very westernized, open-minded, Middle Eastern country, I had been surprised at how difficult it was for women, particularly those who are unique in any way. Even my Jordanian friends who, who didn't wear hijab had not made the decision lightly. I could understand why so many would conform simply to avoid harassment, fear, or injury. Although I was happy to respect local culture and beliefs and would cover my hair if attending a religious function with friends, I refused to compromise my own beliefs for the comfort of closed-minded people. I'd fought long and hard in my life to accept myself and wouldn't lose ground in that fight to make someone else feel comfortable. While I loved many things about my time in Amman, the intolerance was not one of them. Suddenly, something hit me hard, bouncing off my back and onto the street next to me. I saw that it was a soda bottle. I turned around quickly to face my attackers, heart racing. Those boys were right behind me, taunting and jeering. Each one of them was carrying a projectile of some sort. Firmly, I told them to stop, hoping my voice made my meaning clear. I turned, determined to continue walking, and felt a rock hit my leg. As I hurried up the hill, unable to get away from the boys, I looked around desperately, hoping for, for someone to help me. But I saw the faces of the locals along the road. People lined the street, staring at the situation unfolding before them. Shopkeepers stood in their doorways, arms folded. 
No one reacted or stepped in. No one stopped the boys intent on hurting me. This type of behavior was condoned by society, apparently. As I pulled my phone from my pocket, I realized I didn't know the Jordanian number for 911. I was pretty certain, however, that it wasn't 911. Still, I turned to face the boys with my phone and said, No, stop, I'll call the police. Of course, I couldn't, but they didn't know that, and the words no and police are pretty easy to translate. They stopped, deterred for a moment, but then advanced again. Thinking quickly, I began taking their photographs, hoping I could use the photos to identify them if necessary. I'd had trouble with a handsy cab driver earlier that month and hadn't gotten his information, intent only on escape. When I'd arrived at work, my coworkers, horrified that something like that should happen, wanted me to report him. I only became upset when I realized that because I couldn't report him, he might hurt some other girl in the future. This time, at least, I would have evidence of the perpetrators, even if they were just children. Once the boys realized what I was doing, they finally stopped following me, dropping their projectiles and hiding behind a car before running away down an alley. I chased them for a step or two, acting as though I actually wanted their photos rather than simply to escape. Then I stopped, shaking from head to toe. After a couple of quivering breaths, I turned and continued on my way home. Unfortunately, there was little else to do. But as I walked, I lamented the fact that these young children were growing up believing that it was acceptable to injure people who don't conform to their narrow views. After hearing about these incidents, the head of the hospital where I volunteered was quite upset. He connected me with a local family who rented me a room and drove me to work for safety. Luckily, that family provided me the opportunity to get to know even more wonderful local people and culture. Nonetheless, I was quite ready to leave Jordan when my visa expired and a scuba job arose in Malaysian Borneo. At least in Borneo, the most I'd had thrown my way were stares and the occasional, Hello, sir. I can only hope that my Jordanian co-workers and friends who heard my story told their family about the woman they knew who had come to their heart, who had come to their country with both a mohawk and a heart for helping. Thank you, Shanta. What? Don't look at me. I'm not Shanta. <laughs> I know. Thank you, Shanta. I'm looking at you in the camera. And uh, I appreciate I appreciate your mohawk and your heart. And I'm sure there were lots of people in, in Jordan who did too. Um, so I, I had a change of heart. Um, I actually found a piece that I wrote for the Vagina Monologues two years ago um, that I have not revisited since then. Um, so this is going to kind of be a, um, a new experience for me as well as I, as I kind of relive and re-experience these words that I wrote two years ago. Um, so here's Simone with words are important. <clears throat> I was molested when I was 12 years old by a family friend. No, 
I, I want to rephrase that. I need to rephrase that. He molested me. I was molested as passive. It makes it sound like there wasn't another party involved, but there was a 60-something-year-old man who was married with three kids and another on the way. Words are important. He molested me. He is the subject of that sentence, molested being the verb and I the object. Words are important. You don't hear the word molested very often, despite the fact that it occurs all too frequently. It's one of those words that make people squeamish when they hear it like rape or moist. Words are important. It's a statement of fact that he molested me, so why do we shy away from using the words that are most fitting to describe what occurred? Why do we try to soften the blow or downplay the trauma that was forced upon victims of abuse? And who are we doing it for? Not for me. Not for the other victims of abuse. Is it because it makes people uncomfortable to talk about it? If you feel uncomfortable when I tell you that he molested me, then you cannot fathom how uncomfortable I was when he actually molested me. How uncomfortable I was when his wife called me a liar and a whore. How uncomfortable I was when he admitted in court that if it had gone on any longer, that he had every intention of raping me. Or how fucking uncomfortable I was when he saw no jail time or repercussions of any kind because, hey, he didn't actually rape me. It is not the job of the victim, victim to make you feel comfortable, and I hope that the words I'm using make you uncomfortable because we need to talk about this. We should be talking about this. We need to listen to victims. Words are important. Victim is another word that we don't like to use. I've been told, no, honey, you're not a victim. You're a survivor. You're so strong, so brave. You made it through. I don't know how you did it, how you were able to turn out the way you did and be a good parent and hold a job and have relationships with people and be kind and decent to people and be a functional member of society or have any success in your life at all, having gone through everything you went through. And I want you to know that that's not the compliment that you think it is. Words are important. I was a victim, and I'm still a victim now because it still happened. He still did that to me. No matter how much I grow, no matter how much work I do in therapy, it still happened to me. Just because I've struggled my entire life to exist and coexist with others, and you think my performance in life up to this point has been acceptable or worthy does not diminish or reduce what happened to me, and it never will. It won't unhappen. Time may heal all wounds, but time doesn't erase them. Time leaves scars. I can reclaim the word victim for myself without shame, and that doesn't diminish or undermine the goddamn motherfucking badass bitch that I am today. I know you mean well when you praise me for surviving, but please kindly fuck off. 
I don't need you to pat me on the head for existing. It doesn't make me feel better about myself. It makes you feel better about yourself. I'm not your inspiration porn. I don't want to be your hashtag faith and humanity restored. And what are you saying about those victims who didn't make it? The ones who didn't survive? Survival often implies that a choice was made or that someone tried harder than others to make it out alive. That you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and didn't give up in the face of adversity. Do not forget the victims. Do not forget the victims who are not with us today. They had stories to tell too. I coped, I managed, I struggled and still do, but survivor is not a label I identify with personally. I don't see myself as brave for merely existing. I see myself as brave for sitting here in front of you right now and demanding your attention because I have shit to say and it cannot wait anymore. Words are important. Considering the molestation, the homelessness, and various other childhood traumas, suffice it to say that these experiences all had a significant contribution to my origin story. So I transitioned into adulthood with absolutely no concept of what a healthy relationship is supposed to look or feel like. My brain was trained to believe that if he's not spending all of his time with you actively doing his best to belittle, insult, criticize, mock, shame, control, and dehumanize you, that if he's not interested in fucking you, regardless of whether or not it's consensual, then he doesn't love you because a woman's or young girl's worth is dictated by her fuckability alone. I thought that love was supposed to hurt. I didn't find out until years later that it doesn't have to hurt, but it can if you want it to. <laughs> I fell in love with my high school sweetheart. Started dating at 14, married at 17, divorced at 21, had two daughters with him. A man who wouldn't have been out every night getting drunk and high if I weren't such a bitch all the time. A man who wouldn't allow me to go anywhere or have friends. A man who told me every day that my depression and my anxiety and my trauma weren't real. A man who wouldn't have cheated on me if I had just fucked him as often as he des desired and demanded. A man with whom I despised having sex with so much that for years I thought I was asexual. I couldn't figure out why sex hurt every time and I always wanted to cry. Can you really call it rape if you never actually said no? But you never said yes either. This is why radical consent is important. Words are important. When I got away, I started to find myself. I found my sense of self-worth. It took years, but I found myself. An advocate, an activist, a loud, angry feminist, an empowered, unapologetic cunt. I discovered my identity. I discovered the queers, the LGBTQIA pluses. 
I discovered my sexuality, my community, my family. I am loved. No, they love me. I found drag. I'm a drag king. I am Simon Hyperion. P.S. Follow me on Insta, Simon.Hyperion. Hyperion was the titan of light in Greek mythology, and that's what I strive to be for myself and for others, a titan of light. Simon was born from a desperate and urgent need to show others across the spectrum of gender that masculinity doesn't have to be toxic. Masculinity can be positive, kind, compassionate, gentle, sensitive, encouraging. Masculinity can be strong, assertive, and confident without being toxic and destructive and arrogant. We deserve better than this. Society deserves better. You deserve better. I want to redefine masculinity as a titan of light and femininity as a force to be reckoned with. And I need your help because it takes a society to update the definition and the connotation of the words we use. Language evolves with time and progress because words are important and we are overdue for an evolution and a revolution. I have evolved into both the hero and the heroine of my own story. I, I am the subject of this narrative, never again the object. What's your story? So there's that. <laughs> da, 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 da. Thank you for revisiting that. Yeah, uh, it's... um. Um, pertinent. Yeah, like I said, I, I had not read those words um, since the two years ago that I, I wrote it. And um, it's nothing's changed. It's still all accurate and representative of who I am now. And um, I, it's, um, it's a reminder that I, I even since then I have I have grown. I have done so much work on myself. I I am. It's been very difficult and very challenging. But I am finding that I like myself more often than I don't. Um, and that's, that's that's been a journey. <laughs> that's great. Thank you. Uh, there's lots of comments in the chat snaps and thank yous and oh, thanks. yes I'll yes I'll everybody read my, i'll read my fan mail yes right now. go ahead and read your <laughs> fan mail <laughs> um yes uh i will introduce our next piece another one by cammy the mermaid who uses she they pronouns uh and let's see uh don't forget to follow cammy at 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 Cami the Mermaid Art on Facebook and Instagram, or uh, it's C A M Y A N T I S, a combination of her name, uh, on uh, uh, on Redbubble. So, I was a child in the nineties. Was a child in the nineties. I was in a boy band music on my Walkman CD player and. I had those cute little rainbow butterfly clips in my hair. I watched Disney Channel original movies while I ate Pop-Tarts and Fruit Gushers. and I sat in a neon green inflatable chair when I read Harry Potter. 
I wore funny beaded bracelets, and I owned a Lisa Frank backpack. I loved Beanie Babies and Spongebob and horses and coloring. I really loved coloring. I was a child in the 90s. But you know, I was also a child when I was taught that boys had no self-control. I all of a sudden had to start watching what I was wearing and making sure that my bra straps were covered and that my shorts were long enough. You know, when a boy in my sixth grade class put his hands on me, my teacher scolded me and called me a flirt. I was a child when I learned that somehow I was re responsible for the actions of men around me. I was also a child when I went to church and they started presenting me with these half-assed metaphors comparing my virginity to an object. They would say to me, look at this tape, it's so used, it's lost its purpose. And look at this Play-Doh, it, it represents your soul. It's ruined, you will never get all these colors apart. And this rose, this beaten up, bent rose, the, this fucked up thing, who could ever want this? Who would want this? You know, I was just a child when I learned that my body without purity was something that not even God would want, not even a husband could respect. But you see, the problem was that they were so concerned about making sure that we were pure, that they never taught us about consent. And so when men fell into lustful temptations against our bodies, we didn't understand what that meant. All that we understood was that we had lost our purity. Our, our bodies had become the used up tape and the fucked up rose. And who could possibly want us now? You know, I'm not a child anymore. I didn't know better then, but I do now. My body's mine. Mine alone. It's my life source. It's my connection to nature. And it's my greatest tool. My body is beautiful and never sinful. I understand consent now. I celebrate the love that my body feels and gives. My body, my body is worthy of love and respect. My body is valuable. I learned a lot of things as a child. And I had to unlearn a lot of things as an adult. But the best things I've learned? Baby, love yourself. Okay, liberate yourself. Walk away. Go with peace. You're stronger now. The power of choice is yours. You have earned this. Thank you so much, Cammie. Um... That was, yeah, that's, I'm excited to see that there are people who have, who have multiple, uh, performances. I, mm -hmm. I, I love it. Um, so we were here at the studio, we were, um, talking about, um, we were 
I was kind of debriefing about doing that piece. Like I said, I wasn't expecting to do that. I just kind of felt inspired by by this show to to revisit that piece and get my my story out there. Um, but what we were talking about, um, I was. I was saying that I don't, I don't share my story and my traumas with every person I meet, certainly, but the times that I have allowed myself to be vulnerable and share that with individuals, the response is almost always the same. Um, I, I get asked something along the lines of, how are you able to be so nice? How are you able to be kind to people? after everything that happened to you. And, and I, I really want people to know that that's not the compliment that they think it is. And I think it's very, very telling of, of how we view victims as a society. Um, and it, it really perpetuates the stigma that, that people who have who have been assaulted, people who are victims of trauma, are just these these shells of a human being who they are they're broken and they're damaged and and I think we really need to rethink how we speak to victims um, and stop stop saying I'm I'm so amazed I'm I'm in awe of what you've gone through like it's. It's not a badge of honor. It's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't a fun time. Um, and it, it does require strength, but um, but that's my own strength. That's not, I don't credit it to the people who did the things that they did to me. That was my work that I did. I own that. That is mine. Um, and... And I appreciate when people are able to recognize that, but it's, again, it's, it's a very, very telling of, of how we view victims. Um, and we need to see them as people, um, Mm -hmm. who, who are strong and, and brave, but not, um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think that a part of it is that we um, we don't talk about it enough, and so we don't know. I mean, and not that pe- pe- victims have to share their stories, but um, you know, when things hide in the shadows and and happen, people don't know how to how to share or accept mm-hmm. or anything. So, um, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And and another thing is like we don't need to be complimented either. Right. Like if I share, if I choose to share that vulnerable information with you, I I'm not doing it so that I can get praise and and compliments and a pat on the head. I'm doing it because you are someone that I I trust and want to know I want you to know more about me and about who I am as a person. Um and so just even a simple thank you. Thank you for trusting me enough to share that with me. I am, I am honored to know your story. All of those are, I would love to hear any of those, those sentiments over. Wow, you have kids and you're nice to them. That's so cool for you. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's where I, that's all I have to say about that. Um, that's my that's my new phrase that I'm using, a la Forrest Gump, um, because I have a habit of just trailing off when I don't know how to end sentences. So instead of saying, uh, "So like, yeah." The weather. <laughs> now that's that's my go-to that I'm trying to reprogram my brain to say <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that and that's all I have to say about that <laughs> all right <laughs> our Wait. next performer did you nope. have some oh, yo you go ahead our next performer this is Silen Wellington who uses they them pronouns this is a poem that Silen read as part of Golden Bridge's Youth Trust and Talent Show in Boulder, Colorado on Saturday July 29th, 2017 it's about the ways in which they have witnessed queer communities collect trauma the dancing choreography was designed collaboratively between all the performers much thanks to those dancers who were Ellie Wilkins Laurel Hawk Phoenix Grace, Christina Shore, Keva Victoria, and Miranda Gerzone. This is We Taste Queerness on the Twilight. This poem brings whipped cream Burnett's vodka to parties. This poem loves to make straight people uncomfortable. This poem isn't afraid to correct the chancellor's interpretation of their gender pronouns on stage in front of a thousand person crowd. This poem's favorite song is called Hegemonic Blowfish. This poem used to listen to a band named Powerbottom. This poem used to have wet dreams about Jesus. This poem doesn't give two shits about white gay cis men theorizing in ivory towers. This poem was not born this way. You can bet your sweet ass this poem knows when to take a laxative. <laughs> this poem shaved off all her hair the day after the election. I walked this poem home from the straight bar after he got kicked out for yelling, Fuck Donald Trump! This poem cried when we got home. This poem is scared of men. You wrote this poem on my collarbone with your teeth. This poem would fuck you all night long and all day long, regardless of substance. This poem sobbed the first time she kissed a girl. This poem doesn't believe in healthy relationships. This poem once got a ride home from a stranger on Grindr in exchange for sex. This poem knows that being campy is a survival tactic. This poem knows that it's less dangerous if straight people are laughing at you. This poem wouldn't say no to a line of coke from a stranger at the club. This poem smokes a packet of cigarettes when he's drunk. I held this poem's hair back as they were vomiting at the bar. This poem would get fucked to forget. This poem hates how sometimes fucking leads to remembering. I see this poem in my lover's sad eyes after they give me an orgasm. I cried after this poem fucked me so hard I had to look at the sandpaper pillar of fear in my spine. This poem called me at 4.45 a.m. to say I legitimately overdosed. My dad found me in time. This poem has post-traumatic stress disorder, or bipolar 1, or bipolar 2, or maybe borderline. The doctors haven't decided yet. This poem knows the differences are invisible, but the consequences are deadly. This poem likes to take a couple of shots before performing a drag show. This poem gets double takes in gendered restrooms. This poem hates when servers end their what drinks will you have with the ladies. This poem defines dysphoria as an intense current under which you have no grounding. This poem doesn't want your pity. 
I am devastated that I can't even protect this poem in my own bedroom. I started writing this poem the day a man in a pickup truck asked me and my high school lover to take our sick shit elsewhere. I knew I'd never stop writing this poem the day my ex-lover stuck a bloody note in my locker. I knew this poem would never be unwritten the day she was sitting in my bedroom silently weeping and whispered, I think they make that word sound ugly so that no one will ever want to say it. That word was rape. The word so ugly no one will ever want to tell someone about their rape. This poem is about rape. This poem isn't going to forgive you. This poem isn't for you. None of this poem is about you. None of this poem is fictionalized. This poem was once angry, but is getting tired. This poem is wary, but awake. This poem keeps going. This poem writes itself. This poem never stops. We will never stop. We will never stop writing this poem. That was a good one. I mean, they're all good ones. Yes. And good is an understatement. That was, mm -hmm. a, that was a, a real good one. A that's, real good that's one. It's <laughs> great. It, uh, <laughs> I feel empowered by the end of like the ending yeah. that, that, that yeah. uh, we're still writing and we're still moving on yeah, um, with this of, story. Give me all the queer stuff. I am, I'm, like I said at the beginning, I am I'm so joyful to see, um, non-binary and queer voices being included in this event um, and having those stories told. Mm -hmm. um, it is, it's, it's empowering for me as a queer person. And I, um, I so appreciate the, the sentiment about ladies. I was just telling Jackie, um, I am so tired of being called ladies. It is like, it just, it grates on me every time I hear it and, and working, um, you know, as a teacher, I work in a very um, woman-dominated field, and it's just every time we have a meeting, or it's even in emails, hello, ladies, mm. hi, ladies, all right, ladies, let's get to work, and it just, it's, <laughs> right. stop it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've really been trying um, in my in my job as a social emotional learning learning specialist. I have been um, doing a lot of work around teaching teachers how to use inclusive mm -hmm. non gendered language, and it is a lot harder than one would think it should be. <laughs> it's so ingrained in our it it's, language, and right. it's it's hard for people to relearn or mm -hmm. think of new ways to say things. Right. Well, and and even just suggesting you know, instead of it, uh, welcoming your class as hello, boys and girls, mm -hmm. there are so many other options. You can say hello, students, hello, kiddos, hello, learners, hello, change makers, hello, humans. Humans is, is one that I like a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I often say hello, <laughs> wonderful humans. Right. Yes. Friends. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yes, thank you. Thank you, Silent, for your, pre your piece. Um, and, and we're at our final, our final piece now. Yes. Um, um so, so, well, I just want to do yes. some, I feel like it's, um, before we, we do this final piece or play this mm -hmm. final piece, um, I just want to remind everyone that we are doing the show as a benefit for Sava. Um, and again, and I understand, 
<laughs> deeply, intimately understand that times are real tough right now. Um, so many people have been hit hard financially. And so please, I don't, I'm certainly not wanting to guilt trip anyone or anything. If you do not have the ability or the means to pay, that is absolutely okay. Your support just by being here and showing up and, and chatting with us in the comments it means so much. You do have, you have an impact. So thank you for that. Um, if you are in a spot where where financially you can donate, um, please, I would like to encourage you to do so. And I thank you so much to those who have already donated. Um, do we have any way of knowing before the end of the show how much was donated or will that have to be... Uh an update later on uh, it, it will be an update later on awesome. yes okay uh -huh. but we know that there has been at least 26 dollars and 31 cents thank you anthro <laughs> dragon um i'm curious to know why that specific amount if you want to drop that in the chat um i'm like i said curious to know um so yeah. jackie take it away all right so my, my uh the next piece is actually a piece that was written by v formerly formerly eve ensler who uh wrote the vagina monologues and um, is the creator of V-Day. And uh, it's been performed by Sarah Sath, Soraya Solimampour, Cami the Mermaid, uh, Stephanie Breeden, Robin Brinkerhoff, Shantha Bunyan, Melissa O'Malley, and April Don Ortiz. And it was edited um, painstakingly and beautifully by Alyssa and Nick Bolin. So thank you for doing that. And this is My Revolution Lives in This Body. My revolution begins in the body. It isn't waiting anymore. My revolution does not need approval or permission. It happens because it has to happen in each neighborhood, village, city, or town. At gatherings of tribes, fellow students, women at the market, on the bus. It may be gradual and soft. It may be spontaneous and loud. It may be happening already. It may be found in your closet, your drawers, your gut, your legs, your multiplying cells. In the naked mouth of taut nipples and overflowing breasts. My revolution is swelling from the insatiable drumming between my legs. My revolution is willing to die for this. My revolution is ready to live big. My revolution is overthrowing the state of mind called patriarchy. My revolution will not be choreographed, although it begins with a few familiar steps. My revolution is not violent, but it does not shy away from the dangerous edges where fierce displays of resistance tumble into something new. My revolution is in this body. In these hips atrophied by misogyny. And this jaw wired mute by hunger and atrocity. My revolution is connection, not consumption. Passion, not profit. Orgasm, not ownership. My revolution is of the earth, and it will come from her, for her, because of her. It understands that every time we frack or drill or burn or violate the layers of her sacredness, we violate the soul of our future. My revolution is not ashamed to press my body down on her mud floor 
in front of banyan, cypress, pine, kalyan, oak, chestnut, mulberry, redwood, sycamore trees. To bow shamelessly to shocking yellow birds and rose-blue setting skies, heart-exploding purple bougainvillea and aqua sea. My revolution gladly kisses the feet of mothers and nurses and servers and cleaners and nannies and healers and all who are life and give life. My revolution is on its knees, on my knees to every holy thing. And to those who carry empire-made burdens in and on their heads and backs and hearts. My revolution demands abandon. It expects the original relies on troublemakers, anarchists, poets, shamans, seers, sexual explorers, tricksters, mystic travelers, tightrope walkers, and those who go too far and feel too much. My revolution shows up unexpectedly. It's not naive, but believes in miracles. Cannot be categorized, targeted, branded, or even located. Offers prophecy, not prescription. Is determined by mystery and ecstatic joy. Requires listening. And is not centralized, though we all know where we are going. It happens in stages and all at once. It happens where you live and everywhere. It understands that divisions are diversions. It requires sitting still and staring deep into my eyes. Go ahead. Love. 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 And love. Love. <laughs> oh, was I supposed no, I to stop my line too? I just felt love. inspired by the by that last yes. yes. I love it. I, uh, I love it. My revolution <laughs> lives love. in this body. I love that title even. There's so much so much power and strength in that title and I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Um Thank also, you. yeah. This is not related to this show at all, but I have to share this with you. Well, I already shared it with you about my eleven year old. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So my eleven-year-old yesterday told me, um, "I'm not like other girls, Mom. I'm not even a girl. I'm a pterodactyl." <laughs> so there is my moment of humor for you after after watching this very, very heavy, very impactful show. Um, I know for me. Um, you know, using laughter and my sense of humor is definitely a coping mechanism for me. And it does help me, um, as I am, as I'm processing and debriefing in my mind and reflecting, um, after, after, um, things that, that take a lot out of you, mm-hmm. like this show, even, I mean, I, I loved being a part of it. I'm so thankful to be a part of it, but, but there is a lot of emotional labor that goes into it and that can definitely drain a person. And so that's, that is my gift to you. All, um, all the pterodactyls out there. <laughs> um, and she also said that her pronouns are tarot and dactyl. Um, so 
there's, there's that. Um, yes. Um, pterodactyls so, unite yes, is what uh, what the self care right. witch yes. is, is um, saying. So, <laughs> rar. Um, so that is that is our show. We just want to do some shout outs and thank yous and acknowledgments. Um, so um, I want to give a huge, huge thank you to Loudspeaker Media. Um, I have been working with them for quite some time now. Um, they are um, they sponsor all of the drag shows that I produce that I've yes. produced um, virtually since um, you know the thing happened where we can't all go right. to the show. <laughs> so thank you the to thing. loudspeaker. Um, Loudspeaker is such a, a wonderful positive force in the Northern Colorado community and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, their mission is is to uplift and empower um, marginalized voices. Um, they've got a ton of podcasts. Um, yes. What's what's a podcast that you would recommend, Chris? For this crowd. For this uh, crowd. Probably feminist hot dog. Feminist hot dog. Check that one yes, out. Check it out. Loudspeaker. And where can we find those podcasts? Loudspeaker.fm. Loudspeaker.fm. And also like any app basically that has podcasts, right? Yeah. yeah any app. I use Castbox. Um, that's where I find my my podcasts. Um and there's another one too, that's something for a better world. Oh, connecting a better world. Connecting a better world is also one to check out. Um, there's also some real dorky D and D stuff and um, music and and a whole bunch of gay stuff. There's a lot of gay stuff. Um, um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you to loudspeaker. You can support them via Patreon. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. I support them and, um, via Patreon every month. And, um, I have it set up to, to auto deduct. Um, and so that's one, one thing that I do to, to support, uh, local, awesome, badass loudspeaker media. Um, we also want to thank, so we have a couple of sponsors for the oh, show perfect. this, yeah, this year. So, um, we had, uh, April, uh, who shared some art with us. Um, April Dawn's creations is the name of her, um, her handmade, her handmade candles company. And she does other, um, maybe some other crafts and and stuff too, that will be on there. So you can find her on, uh, if you search April Dawn's creations on Facebook, you can find her page and, uh, she will donate, uh, $2 from the sale of every candle that she sells, um, to, to, V Day, and then also uh, Lindsay's Nail Galleria, um, Color Street Nails. Uh, sh- uh, Lindsay is a former cast member and friend of V Day Greeley, and Lindsay is having a Color Street party specifically to donate um, to V Day as well, V Day Greeley as well. So thank you to them. And uh, we want to thank Alyssa and Nick 
Bolin again for your uh, work on the final piece that so many people contributed to and you put all together. And also um, thank you, Alyssa, for all your work on social media, trying to get the word out. Um, So we appreciate all the work that you've done and everyone else who's been a part of this. And thank you, Simone. Oh, hey, that's for um, for connecting us with loudspeaker and for being willing to host and make this happen. Uh, this has been a fun and wonderful experience. And um, I, I honestly, when I was organizing, uh, the technology part was the piece that I was missing. And Simone uh, did not miss a beat to, to make shit. it. Ha- <laughs> <laughs> you sent a, I sent a Chris message. Can do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for, for being willing to, um, I didn't know where to start. So I appreciate, um, both of you for, for being a part of this and, and making it happen. Cause it wouldn't have happened if I, if I couldn't have found you. <laughs> Well, and thank you so much, Jackie, for organizing this. I mean, this wouldn't, none of this would have happened without you. So, so way to go. Gold star. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, can I plug my show that's coming up? Please do. Yes. And please, please watch. It's so great. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I didn't but... think through this, this dress. <laughs> I haven't worn like traditionally girl clothes in a while, like real girly, girly clothes. Um, I forget. My titties like to just kind of flounce about and I have to keep them in check. Like, no, stay, stay. This is Twitch. They don't like yes. nipples. <laughs> or underbust. Um, or or under boob. If you want to see my nipples after the show, Jackie, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> um Fair. anyway, Chris is shaking his head. I don't think I can go a single show without mentioning my my I haven't seen one. Twitch. My Twitch deemed undesirables. That's, yes. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh. Um, anyway, um, like I mentioned a couple times, I am a drag king. I... Um, I produce, um, well, for a while I, I produced uh, live drag shows in Greeley, which maybe someday we'll be able to do that again. Someday, please wear your fucking masks. <laughs> Get your vaccine. vaccine. I got my second yes. dose on Friday, so I'm so excited. And I'm also so excited that I'm I'm here and functional because I was really, I'd heard some people say that the second dose can kind of knock you out, but yeah. I, that didn't happen happen i'm just i'm at my baseline tired exhausted all the time so that's great (laughs) um vaccine yes um i got the pfizer one shout out to pfizer who is also a sponsor i need to stop saying that i mean (laughs) if they want to be donating to sava we're we're cool yeah (laughs) um pfizer with a p yeah the p is silent like like in pterodactyl pterodactyl Yeah. yeah Um, anyway, sorry, show. Yes, so I have a drag show coming up in April, April 3rd, April 3rd. Um, and oh, hey, there's my poster. I made that. Yes. Um, super, super excited for this show. I kind of took a hiatus from, from producing virtually. Um, back at it again. This show is very, very special to me. Um, (laughs) this is the cast that would have performed, um, in Greeley last April had not everything been shut down. So we're still virtual, but, um, 
Yeah, I've been sitting on this show for a year. Uh, I let the performers vote on the theme they wanted to go with, and there was a tie between space and circus. So that's what you get, a space circus-themed show. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, you can. this is another great way to support queer artists. We'll be right here on Loudspeakers Twitch April 3rd at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um Please tell your friends, tell your acquaintances, tell your enemies. They can go, too. I'd love that. Um, <laughs> you can pay me to say, say unpleasant things to them. Just be like, you're stinky. I don't know. Whatever. I'll stop. I'm, gonna st- I'm at that point where I'm just rambling because I don't know how to end the show. And that's what I have to say about that. Support Sava. Watch yes, uh, but I I want to say watch watch the drag show if if you're able it is uh, it is a good time, and um, you can you can do it in your PJs because we can't get together yet. Titties out. Yeah, yeah. No, because uh, you won't be able you won't be seen on Twitch. So, uh, please sit sit in sit in your room with your with your titties out. Um, all right, and. <laughs> Hi to my grandparents who might be watching. Um, (laughs) All right. Uh, Yes, once again, Sava, um, if you are able to donate money, 100% of what you donate goes straight to them. Uh, So thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening to the stories that our um, wonderful cast members shared with us. And thank you for tuning in. We hope to do this again maybe even in person someday and that's what we have to say about that this is loudspeaker